Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome to another episode of the Pat's Blitz podcast presented by SB Nation. I'm your host, Stephen Thompson, joined as always by Chris the Hood Blackie. Got a special guest tonight. He's the host of Locked On Patriots podcast, Mark Schofield. How's it going tonight? I'm doing great, Stephen, Chris. Great to be with both you guys tonight. Absolutely. Another Super Bowl win for the Patriots, number six. Pretty crazy. When you think yeah, about it. It, 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 it's it's crazy the run that they've had, and you know the the career arc sort of of Tom Brady was, you know, sort of three Super Bowl wins in the earlier side of his career, and then three in the later half of his career. You know, you can make the argument that look, you know, he's had two separate Hall of Fame careers just on these two different stretches, and so you know, a fascinating season for them. And as we get into this offseason, you can also you know, equally fascinating to think about how they're going to approach things going forward. Right on. So as far as the draft goes, who do you think they're going to be targeting? What position on the team the most? I mean, you know, a lot of it is going to depend on how things shake out over the next, say, four to six weeks. Because you've got, you know, we're into that, franchise slash transition tag window that just opened up you know on Tuesday so there are decisions to be made there are they going to use the tag and if so on who is it going to be on the kicker Stephen Gasowski is it going to be on Trent Brown is it going to be on Trey Flowers so those dominoes need to fall and then the next thing is going to be you know the decision from tight end Rob Gronkowski is he going to retire is he going to come back you know, we're hearing stories that he's been at Gillette multiple times since the Super Bowl, that he's been telling teammates that he wants to win another one. So maybe he does come back. I think even if Gronk comes back, they will target a tight end in what is a great class for tight ends. This is a good draft to go get a tight end, whether you do it early with one of the Iowa guys, whether you do it late with some of the guys we saw down at the Senior Bowl. And so I think tight end's a position they're going to target. I think interior defensive line will probably be a position that they target, depending on how things shake out with Flowers if it comes back. Or even if, you know, if it comes back or not, they still might go after an edge-type guy. So I think they'd probably target an edge guy at some point in this draft, early if they walk away from Flowers, later if they don't. Safety is probably a position they'll look at. There's some nice safeties in this class. Um, Darnell Savage, a kid from Maryland, I really like. He's probably more of a late day two, early day three type guy. They might target him. And, you know, they might, you know, kick the tires on some of these wide receivers, sort of a boundary type guy. Not necessarily a true vertical threat, but somebody that works on the outside, you know, whether it's a, a Debo Samuel or maybe even, you know, a later t- round type guy like a Penny Hart, who I really like. And so there are some names floating around. Those are some positions that I could see them addressing at some point during this process. And then finally, look, you know, quarterback. At some point, they're going to look to get another quarterback. Um, I don't think they look at Danny Etlin or, or Brian Hoyer being the answer for a post-Tom Brady world. And so whether they do it this year or next, whether they do it early or late, 
I'd expect them to get into a quarterback in the draft at some point here in this draft for the next one. Yeah, Steve loves that quarterback from Georgia. Grom. Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. Oh, Jake Fromm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. He's not out until next year, probably, though. So. Yeah, yeah. He's He would be in next year's class, and a lot of people look at, you know, next year's, that 2020 class, as perhaps being a better group than the one we have in front of us right now. Um, you look at two other kids from Alabama, Justin Herbert, the kid from Oregon. You've got Jacob Eason sort of stepping into Washington. You've got Justin Fields stepping into Ohio State. And then, yeah, Jake Fromm down at Georgia. You know, those are some kids that people are expecting to have good years and might sort of come out next year's draft. Although, you know, Justin Herbert, for example, he'll be a senior. So, you know, a lot of people are looking ahead to the 2020 class when it comes to quarterbacks. You know, I, I think this 2019 group lacks some of the star power we might have seen in years past. But I still think there are some interesting options that the Patriots might be intrigued by. Would you use the tag on any of the players if you had that ability? I mean, looking at the three guys, I think economically, you know, tagging Gostowski might be what the Patriots end up doing because of the numbers and the way they would work out. Because you're looking at, you know, something in the, I think, 15, 16 million range. We don't know exact numbers yet, but that's what it would be for Trent Brown. And for Trey Flowers, probably looking at anywhere from 17.3 to 18 million. This is a deep edge class, free agency wise. So I bet in that they let Flowers sort of test the market because we're looking at guys like D. Ford and Jadavion Clowney and, you know, Lawrence, the guy from Dallas. You know, there are some good edge guys, Frank Clark from Seattle. There are some good edge guys in this group. And so you might let Trey Flowers sort of see what the market says his value is. And then if he gets a big-time Whopper deal, which he might, you know, you let him walk and you sort of address it in the draft and you work with what the guys you have, you know, Adrian Claiborne, John Simon, um, Derek Rivers. And so I'd imagine that if they tag anybody, it would be Gostowski. Um, if it were me, you know, I'm firmly in the camp that you can never have enough pass rush. And so you look at what Trey Flowers has meant to this defensive front over the past couple of years. You look at the ways they were able to move him around up front last year, kick him inside in that radar, that amoeba front, do some different things with him. I would use it on Flowers, but I doubt that that's what the Patriots do. I'm pretty sure that they decide that, look, you know, if we use it on anybody, it's on Gostowski, and we'll let these guys test the market. Yeah, I'm hoping against Hope Flowers returns, but – we're looking at a situation where you've got teams in the division, you know, the Bills, the Jets, that they have a ton of cap space. And they're going to love nothing better than to throw money at guys like Trent Brown, throw money at Trey Flowers. You know, if you can steal one or both of those guys away from New England, you know, get yourself a little bit better while weakening a division rival, they're going to love to do it. And so I think that, you know, both of those guys will get big deals. We see left tackles get paid. We see edge guys get paid. The teams with the cap space, like those two teams, they're going to throw money at them. So I'm pretty much writing both of those guys off. Mm. Damn. What are you going to do? It's just the way nature of the beast, I guess, so they, so they say. Yeah, I mean, that's just the economics of it. I mean, when you, you know, being down at the senior bowl and talking to people in and around those teams and around the AFC, that's the sense that I got. You know, maybe things change, but you sort of see 
you know, how the market freaks out. Maybe I'm sort of overvaluing both of those guys, but look, between, you know, protecting the pocket and attacking the pocket are two of the biggest things you need to do as a team. And those are two guys that protect it or attack it in brown and flowers. And so I'm expecting them to get paid. Do you put any stock into these rumors about uh, OBJ coming here? I don't. I think that's one right. of those things that gives you something to talk about in February when there isn't much to talk about, you know, pre-combine stuff. You know, the Patriots have made moves like that before to get a talented, albeit troubled, wide receiver. They did it, obviously, with Randy Moss. But I, I, you did it with Chad Ochoa, Chad Johnson. But I think when the Giants have made the moves that they've had, when they've drafted Saquon Barkley, when they've drafted an Evan Ingram, and it looks like David Gettleman has decided that he's out on this 2019 class, they're going to stockpile talent to get better for one more run at Eli. I don't think they're going to then turn around and trade their best offensive weapon in Odell, or maybe you think it's Saquon, but either way, it's one or two. You know, they're two best offensive weapons. I would be stunned if that was a move that they would trade, that they would do number one, and number two, I'd be stunned if the Patriots were then a team that would turn around and acquire him. Now, we're reading reports that they were in, seemingly in on a potential trade of him last year, but I still don't think that it makes the kind of sense for the Giants to even do that kind of deal and then for the Patriots to be on the other end of it. Definitely agree. Steve? So let's say they do lose Trent Brown. Is there any left tackles in the draft that the Patriots could pick up? Or free agents. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting, you know, draft as far as tackles go. I mean, there's, you know, you could look at the kid from Florida is probably getting the most buzz right now as a potential first-round type guy, Juwan Taylor, 6'5", 340, is listed weight. You know, I think he's got good size, good movement, good strength. Um, he could probably be the best tackle in this group. Um, that there's Greg Little from Ole Miss. There's Cody Ford, who's looking more to be a potential right tackle, maybe more of a guard as we get to the National Football League. Um, and then Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle from Alabama. Those are probably your top guys. Now, let's remember, they're getting a first-rounder back in Isaiah Wynn, who missed off last year. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Patriots sort of approached this offseason, this draft period, thinking that, look, Trump Brown walks. We've got a guy that played left tackle in the SEC, you know, and Isaiah Wynn. And, yeah, people thought he was going to kick inside, and he did that at the Senior Bowl last year and looked good doing it. And people will worry about perhaps his length. But as Dante Scarnecchia said, after he was drafted, you know, he's got the same sort of, you know, wingspan and reach as, you know, Matt Light. And Matt Light was a Pro Bowl player at left tackle in the National Football League. And so I think they view Isaiah Wynn as a left tackle in this league. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they look to just slide him into left tackle and they probably address you know, the tackle or guard spots a little bit later in the draft. Dalton Risner, uh, for example, offensive tackle from Kansas State, you know, he's more of a day two type guy. He might be a guy that they would look at in that day two range and then say, look, you know, they've got the two second round picks right now. You expect them to get a couple of comp third rounders if, you know, some of the, you know, comp picks are awarded the way we're thinking, you know, with an eight solder, for example. Dalton Risner might be a guy to look at him that sort of, you know, round two, round three range where, you know, you slide Isaiah Wynn in, but you draft another potential offensive tackle in Risner, you know, just as a sort of backstop in case Wynn doesn't pan out. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they go offensive tackle early. I think they're looking at Wynn as their next left tackle, and they might draft sort of a plan B for him, you know, more in that day two range. You said earlier about 
the inside defensive tackles for the Patriots possibly upgrade the draft? Who were some names to look for in that department? I think the guy to look at, depending on how quickly you think you might lose somebody, because, you know, they've got decisions to make with, you know, Shelton, with Malcolm Brown. You know, I'd expect one of those guys to be back, but one of those guys would probably be gone. But if you potentially bring both of those guys back, you could draft a guy like Jeremy Simmons, the kid from uh, Mississippi State who just had the knee injury, and say, look, you know, we'll have a medical redshirt situation, but the Patriots have done that before. They did that with Dominique Easy. Now, it didn't pan out with him. He was a guy that had two knee injuries. You know, basically have a medical redshirt type situation and get him back in 2020. If you drafted Jeremy Simmons with one of those two second-round picks, He's a first-round talent. He's a top-15 type guy, you know, before that injury. And so if he somehow slides to you in that early second-round range and then you don't get a chance to play him in, you know, his first rookie year, okay, but come next year, you're getting a a first-round type pick without having to expend a draft pick. So he's somebody that I would keep in mind, Dramont Jones uh, from Ohio State, Christian Wilkins. He's a kid I really like sort of from Clemson. Uh, He's probably a late first, early second type guy. That Clemson D-line got a lot of buzz. You know, the top two guys that people are talking about as far as the interior defensive line, Quinn Williams from Alabama, Ed Oller from from Houston, they're probably not going to be in New England's range. Uh, Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. Another one of those Clemson kids is a name to keep in mind, Jerry Tillery, uh, defensive tackle from Notre Dame. And then there's Gerald Willis, who's basically 6'4", 285. He's kind of in that, you know, Vince Wilfork-type mold, guy that sort of takes up space. He's got some off-the-field concerns. Uh, he was at Florida where he started his college career, transferred to Miami, took a leave of absence for a year, had some suspensions as well. Um, but – he seems to be committed to football right now. One of those space eater type guys. He's a name to watch. He's getting more day two buzz, but you know, again, if that's when they do it. And then finally, look, the small school kid, Kalen Saunders from Western Illinois. He's a fantastic guy to watch. Just pops off the film when you watch him on tape. You watch him just destroying worlds, basically. You know, when he was playing North Dakota State, had a fantastic sort of senior bowl week. He's the guy that everybody's wanted to talk to. His daughter was born that week, and so he's a tremendous story. But you watch this kid on film, and you see a guy that can definitely play at the next level. And so if they go interior defensive tackle day one or two, those are some names to watch. Sounds like a Belichick type guy right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that Saunders guy, he sort of screams Patriots. You know, he's kind of a you know good guy off the field, good character guy, you know, strong, quick. Uh, good thick bill, tough to block, and you see him sort of as that sort of three technique guy in a four three. But he can also do some things. You can move around. They even stood him up at times. Um, my good friend uh, at Michael Kissed NFL, um, a guy I do some stuff with over at Bleeding Green Nation, um, has some great clips. If you go to his Twitter feed at Michael Kissed NFL, of them standing him up on passing situations as a you know two point stand edge rusher. You know, and this is a guy that's six feet three oh two but he had the ability to do that. And so you see somebody with that sort of varied skill set, you think that's a player that Bill Belichick would love to get his hands on. Beautiful. Final question for me. What's your prediction on Gronkowski? You think he's back or you think he's all done? It's weird. If you would have asked me that question, say, right after the Super Bowl, or even, you know, it was a question I had asked a ton, you know, the lead-up to the Super Bowl, I would have thought that that Super Bowl was it. And, you know, what better way for him to end his career than 
that diving catch on that touchdown drive, you know, that would be his last sort of reception. He had two big catches on that drive, of course. You know, first the drive starter on that little wheel route, and then that seam route when they ran Hoss White two, three times in a row. But now, hearing some of the things, seeing him at the parade, seeing him on Jimmy Fallon, or I don't know if it was Fallon or if it was, uh, you know, the other guy out there um, on the late night shows basically saying, that, look, you know, dodging those beer, those beer cans on the float, great practice for next year. You know, makes you think that, look, maybe he does seem to want to come back. And so I, I would have told you it was 10% he'd be back um, before the senior, Super Bowl or right after it. Right now, I think it's probably 75% that he's going to come back. Um, I think the numbers have kind of sworn in that direction. That You know, the trend has kind of seemed to indicate that he wants to come back. You know, he probably wants to have one more run with Brady, win one more ring. So right now I think it's trending towards Gronk coming back. But I still think, look, this is a great tight end class. You've got the two kids from Iowa, Noah Font, T.J. Hawkinson. You've got Irv Smith from Alabama. You've got some early round, Isaac Nada, the kid from Georgia. And these are kids that might be on the board when they pick. I mean, we're seeing, I've seen now a couple of different mocks with, you know, sort of Font being there at the end of the first round. He's sort of more of that you know, move type tight end that might be a, a good pick for the New England Patriots. If you get Jay Sternberger, the kid from A&M, you get into sort of the day three range, the day, day two range, Alizi Mack, the kid from Notre Dame who had some off the field concerns, but he could play. I like Dax Raymond, the kid from Utah State, Foster Moreau, the kid from LSU. Those are some kids that had good weeks down in Mobile. And so even if Gronk decides to come back, I think any of these guys would be an upgrade over, you know, Hollister and Dwayne Allen. And so I'd expect New England to address tight end at some point. Awesome. You got anything else, Steve? No, I mean, watch Bill draft that kid from Western Illinois on day one so Kuiper loses it. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I've been telling people when they're like, look, you know, what do you think Belichick's going to do? I'm like, well, he's going to draft somebody completely off the wall on day one. He's going to trade down with one of those first, second rounders. And then he's going to draft the third string safety from Vanderbilt, who I don't even know who that guy's name is, but he'll probably see something on tape that he likes. And, and so Belichick does things differently. We'll probably see again, you know, so he'll do some crazy stuff. And so that's what Belichick does, but it's worked to the tune of six Super Bowls. And so we just kind of roll along with it and just say every draft season when it's over and all is said and done, it's Belichick we trust. Absolutely. Anything else, Steve? So as far as like free agents, do you think they're going to pick up any receivers? I mean, I I'm not picking. sure. The kid from it, it, Tampa, it, it, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Adam Humphries is a name that's yeah. sort of been linked to them. Um, you know, and he would make some sense. You know, when you look at some of the other free agent, you know, wide receivers that are out there, I mean, I'm not so sure that they address it in free agency. I mean, there might be some names that they sort of kick the tires on. I know a lot of people have said the sort of Golden Tate route. And I can kind of see that, um, depending on what the numbers look at. But they're more likely to go into sort of the guys you wouldn't really expect. Tyrell Williams from the Chargers, you know, he's a player that I kind of like, more of that boundary type guy. I think he might make some sense. They might kick the tires on him. You know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them look at a guy like, say, you know, hmm. look at the rest of this list here. You know, we, they, they tried the Jordan Matthews things. That didn't really pan out. Maybe a guy like Jamison Crowder might make some sense if the numbers work. Um, 
but you know, they're probably going to go in a different direction. They're probably going to look at, you know, addressing it in the draft. They're going to get Braxton Berrios back. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this Isabella kid from UMass, Hunter Renfro from Clemson, Penny Hart, you know, the kid from Georgia Southern. I'd be, you know, I'm pretty sure they'd be looking at those type guys, you know, and so, you know, I'd be stunned if they made a big splash in free agency when it comes to the wide receiver position. They're probably going to look more in that week two range of free agency after some of the bigger names sign, see who's available there, and then add a couple of pieces in the draft. The the kid Ridley from Georgia, that receiver, do you think he'll be there at the end of the first round? I think he'll probably be there. This is, you know, Steve, this is an interested wide receiver group in that. You know, similar to last year, there isn't a guy that really sort of jumps out at you and screams sort of this is a guy you're going to draft in the top five and the top ten. I mean, you might make the case maybe for a DJ Metcalf. Um, but maybe he's wide receiver one. You might make a case for a guy like, you know, Keon Neal, uh, the kid from Arizona State. Maybe you think he's a guy that you would draft early. But most of these guys are guys that are probably going to slide. You know, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, the kid from Oklahoma, maybe he's wide receiver one in this group. But, you know, he's an undersized, more slot-type guy. He's pretty much looking at him like being, you know, 5'10", 5'11", 170 or so. And so that's not a guy that gets drafted in the top 10, top 15. Debo Samuel is a guy I like. Had a great week down from, you know, the senior bowl. But he probably doesn't see the first round. Maybe he's early, second round, late, late first round, maybe. And so I expect most of these wide receivers will probably be there at 32, um, or at least a handful of these guys will be. You know, maybe a Kelvin Harmon from NC State. I know some people like him. And so I think that there's a, you know, you're probably going to see them go defense, you know, do something in the trenches with that pick at 32, and then may, unless one of the tight ends of the day likes there. And then, you know, when you get into those two first, those two second-round picks, maybe that's when they go with the wide receivers because you'll see some of these guys being available. Another guy to think about more in that round three, round four range, Terry McLaurin, kid from Ohio State, had a fantastic week down in Mobile, seemed to be always open. You know, he's a kid that I like. And so if he's there, you know, if he's staring them at the face, say, in that third-round range, that would be a player I'd be excited to see them draft. Sounds wow. good. <laughs> Good time of year. It's going to get pretty busy. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the best time of year because there are so many different ways they could go, so many different ways they can address the needs that they have. And so, yeah, it's, it's the best time of year, I think, and especially for Patriots fans because, you know, there aren't a ton of needs, um, but the positions that they need to address, whether it's, you know, tight end or edge or interior defensive line, there are some deep groups here, even wide receiver, like we just walked through. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a fun draft season, and, and we'll get right back at it and on to seven, right? Yeah, right absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I'd love to get ahead of Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I have, man. Definitely appreciate you coming on. All right, gentlemen. Always a blast to be with you. Uh, keep doing such great work. And, um, yeah. Just can't wait to see how this all shakes out. So where can we, everyone, find you? Best way to find me is at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Uh, right from places like Inside the Pylon, Pro Football Weekly, The Score, uh, Matt Wadland's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, uh, Big Blue View, part of SB Nation, and, of course, uh, basically five days a week over the Locked on Patriots podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good, man. All, all right, lot. guys. Thanks so much. You're Have welcome. A great night. Have a good, good one. Night. You too. Thanks.
Awesome wow. stuff. You, your head shaking a little bit. <laughs> oh, just a little bit. <laughs> well, you know how it is. Like anyone who knows me knows. Like I'm not into college football. I can't get into it. I've tried. I mean, I've watched professional football for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. I was yep. thinking about it tonight, and then you could probably take combined in all my years of watching football. Maybe like seven years, maybe total for games, probably in my mm-hmm. lifetime I'm watching college. Wow. So when I hear all these names, it's kind of like, unless he's like, a, like a can't miss prospects, so, so to speak. Right. I got yeah. no idea. I got no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> but now I'm like thinking, about, oh, I got to check this person. And that's why I like about talking to people like Mark, like someone who's really in tune with with prospects and players in the college game, I can check them on the phone. These guys look good. Because, like, you can throw, like, stats at me all you want, but to me, it's the eye test. Right. Yeah. If I see something, you know, you're going to be a full four guy, and I'm not going to be too impressed if you can't hold on to the ball. Right. Or if your route running is a little bit sloppy. But yeah, that guy he was talking about on the inside uh Western Illinois kid. Yep. That that guy from the hall is Belichick. Right. <laughs> like you said, yeah. watch it be like the the Patriots first round pick just to irritate Kuiper. Oh, absolutely. Yep. There's a lot of names, that. boy, he was really rattling them off, wasn't oh, he? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt Saunders. like he was like uh you know, like the bottom of the draft board where you see the names going through on the bottom. Right. <laughs> uh, that's how I felt like. I'm like, he's like this guy. I'm like, oh, boy. Look at this name, this name, this name. Yep. Oh, yeah. But he's yeah, he knows very good stuff. at what he does. Yeah. No yeah, he's awesome. I mean, if you're not following him, you're not doing Twitter right. <laughs> Sarah, I mean, seriously, I mean, I don't just say that about anybody, but him in particular, I really enjoy reading his stuff and his podcast and everything he does. Uh, absolutely. Fans. Same here. I mean, Big time. Obviously, if we... Look, it's pretty simple. We're not going to invite you on if we don't have it, if we don't respect your work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's just what it comes down to. We're not going to try getting you on just to get a name on. It's just not the way it out. It's not the way me and you operate. We've never done it in our other podcast. Just so if we're coming to you about coming on the show, that means we have respect for your work. Oh, not just because you're a name. I mean, you're like me. You really don't care about names, so to speak. If we respect your work, it doesn't matter if you have. 65,000 followers if you have 3,000 it's no no different it's all the same if you respect uh, your work we want we want to talk to you if we don't you could have half a million people we're probably not going to waste our time so yeah why bother right i mean if you can't have a like a convo, if you can't enjoy your conversation on a podcast, 
what's the point of having the guest on? No. Uh-uh. Like, I knew, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, Mark was going to bring prospects, people to look for, and he's going to be thorough about it. He's going to tell you what he thought exactly. This isn't just a guy who's winging it. He no. Knows what he's, he legitimately knows what he's talking about. Oh, God, yeah. And you can tell. You can tell the difference. Oh, yeah. Between guests who are kind of like, eh. And then you got the people like boom, 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 boom. Okay. I got like another uh, one side. I'm going to do story time a little bit, but you remember the time we had Matt Chatham on? Oh on yeah. Our, on our yeah. other podcast, and we yeah. both kind of just sat there dumbfounded because he basically answered all of our questions. That even though we had questions lined up, he had already answered. <laughs> right. Oh, that so was kind of like. Oh, what were we going to say? He's already answered everything. And it put me and you in a bind. We're like, uh, okay, thanks for joining us. Yeah, he was awesome. interesting because someone like me who doesn't watch college football hears all these people to check out. It's like, well, that's perfect for someone like me. Mm -hmm. Evan Lazar does the same thing. He does great work. Same same type of concept. Yep. And it's like it's good for you know the people like me out there who I'm probably gonna get flat for this, <laughs> probably. But you know I don't care because that's just who I am. People view college football like the hardcore fans. It's like. They view it as like wicked competitive, and when I was down south, it was almost a shock to my system because they cared so much about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, and they're talking. They're talking to me about it. I'm like, you know, you very well know how I feel about it. And I had to kind of remember where I was because us <laughs> Northerners are a little bit more blunt, generally speaking, than the Southern folks. Yep. And I go, how do you think about it? I'm like, it's the, it's the NFL's farm system. That's how I view it as. <laughs> I don't view it as, like, to me, it's not must-see TV, not like the NFL. Right. Like, they get sometimes, like, you'll have a good team, like, Alabama, say, or this year's Clemson. Mm-hmm. And there'll be an NFL team that's struggling bad with like two or three wins, and they'll start talking about, you know, this college team could come in and beat this NFL team. No, you can't. No, don't kid yourself. <laughs> they don't get <laughs> like like when the Browns were like all for everything. They would have steamrolled some of those other teams. You know right. what I mean? My, my God, yeah. I mean. Every every prospect that comes in from college, even like the people who are like the blue chips, say you know, the NFL is a whole nother ball game. The speed's way different. Oh God, yeah. I mean, they like, and, and if they did, I mean, they might be the best college team of all time. <laughs> like, like the Clemson team. Let's just get it out of the way. Like, I'm, I severely doubt people will go there. But if you took, like, this year's Patriots team that won the Super Bowl against that Clemson team, 
it's going to be a bloodbath. They might win by 50. Oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? It's just going to be a beatdown. Well, big time. That's oh, that's the way it is, you know. Social media and stuff these days. Oh, Everything, yeah. Every, everybody yeah. wants shock value and make crazy statements without having to back it up. Right. So we he touched on Gronkowski. He's at 75%. He's back. What about you? I'm with him. I think he's back, and I don't think they're going to make him take a pay cut either. Ah, uh, see, you kind of lose me right there. I, I don't know. <laughs> so I think, you know, Brady will end up reworking his deal to save money because he wants Gronk to come back bad. That way Gronk won't have to take a cut. And you think they're going to give him special treatment the whole season? Yeah, I think, you know, like we talked a couple of episodes ago, I think he's going to get the Mark Bavaro-type treatment, he's not going to really have to practice much during the week. He's going to, you know, spend the week up to the game getting treatment, making sure he's ready to rock and roll on Sunday. I mean, it's not like he needs to learn how to run a route. Right. <laughs> That's true. I mean, and look how he did in the playoffs. He was pretty good. Best he looked all year was in the playoffs. Well, you kept harping on it for like ever in a day. The standard yeah, no. for the playoffs, and you know what? Yeah. You end up being right. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of credit for that. Of course. <laughs> of course. You're crazy. He's done. He's a shell. Really? Frankenstein. How that? That's what the, that's what the, the haters like calling him a Frankenstein out there. I mean, yeah. he wasn't healthy. He legitimately became healthy during the playoffs. Yeah. Like Mike was saying, that catch he had to set up the only touchdown was ridiculous. You know, and you know this, like, you're you're 100%. Like, you are just on the line he's coming back. Mark's yeah. at 75%. I think he's done still. Huh. I uh, you know I can't agree with you even if I want to right. so go against you anyways. <laughs> so I could be like thinking he's probably coming back, but I get to go this way. But no, I think a lot of this is just emotions talking for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, I think what better way to go out than the way you are now. You can still move still, you know, like. Right. God forbid if you go back for another year and you get injured and you have to have another surgery, because then it's definitely done. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Do you really want to put your... That's what he, the question he really needs to answer. So does he really want to go through it again? Yeah, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, and I think Tom talks him into it. <clears throat> we'll find out. Like, put it this way, like, if Brian Hoyer was going to be throwing passes to him, he would have retired already. Right. I mean, or any Kirk Cousins, he would have been gone. You name it. Any average QB, he would have already walked away. But since it's Tom, they got a chance to win number seven. 
which would be the most all-time of any franchise. I love it. And he always says, you know, he he's always, oh, I want to win. Right. Oh, and if they can pass Pittsburgh, oh. It'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. Yep. So you get anything else or you all set? So you must, uh, him saying pretty much, well, not pretty much, but flowers might be gone. That must have made you a little uneasy. Oh, it does, but I kind of expect it. Yeah. I'm basically hoping against hope at this point. I mean, he's got to he's got to get big money somewhere. And if he sticks around, it's probably because he takes less. I understand it's a business and yeah, he's not in a position at his age where he's looking to take a pay cut. No, I mean, maybe he'll do like Hightower though. And take a competitive offer like Hightower did. One could only hope. I mean, I mean, Sure. Still, people, yeah. you know, in general, have to think to themselves, you know, is Trey Flowers this type of player, or is he this type of play because of the defensive system, right? The Patriots run. Yeah, that's going to be the big question for these people, and I'm sure they have an idea. Being not the Patriots, you know, they all everyone hates the Patriots, but they love taking the players and the coaches from them. Yeah, I mean, the concerning part is is the Jets have like a hundred million. The Colts have more than that. I think the Titans have a lot of money. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I would some... be unhappy if you end up in the, with the Jets. That would not make me yeah. very pleased at all. No, I mean, I could see them more likely landing with Titans, with Vrabel. Jeez. Oh, that's frightening too. Yeah, yeah, because they got a pretty good defense. If anything, I'd like to. If anything, I'd like to see him go to the NFC team, so I don't get to see him. Right. Yeah, I mean Tennessee still doesn't have a QB. Whatever anyone says about Mariota, I don't think he's very good. So until they get a QB, there's nothing really to worry about with them. He's not. He's not terrible. No, he's not terrible. He's just not, I mean, he's, he's not Super Bowl Winston. caliber. <laughs> he's just not Super Bowl caliber, in my opinion. For yeah. what it's worth. Yeah, he makes a lot of dumb throws still. He's right. a running quarterback, too, so he's going to get hurt. It's not a question of if, but when. Right. But, yeah, and Trent Brown, too. I think he'll... Well, I think about it. He's probably going to get paid big time from somebody, too. He just had a career year at the best possible time for him. I got a weird feeling they're going to figure something out with him. I don't know why. I hope so. I like him. He was aces, man. I don't think they're going to lose both of them. I think one Hmm. of them's gone. Yeah, it'd be tough, Brown's, though. Uh, yeah. Brown's probably going to be cheaper, I think, for you in the long run than Flowers will end up being. Oh, but yeah. That could, be, yeah. that could be way off, but who knows? I mean, being the franchise tag. Right. The franchise tag, I think, for left tackle is like $15 million, So, Yeah, like burned, some... um did an article today, mm. and I don't get all the figures on me, but check it out. 
on Pat's pulpit. If you haven't read it now, go ahead and read it. It breaks down the, you know, the charts, what the money is, and the different tags. You know, there's different, yeah, different labels per tag and, and what they do. It's a good article. Solid, awesome. of course. I recommend reading it. Yeah, absolutely. And just a little side note before I forget. I um. You know me about the Patriots Hall of Fame. Everyone knows where I'm going here. <laughs> they had a thing on today where it's like it's a thing, like it's a clock or something. And immediately I'm like, well, this is going to be the year that Seymour gets in. And then they roll back to me saying that the votes are going to uh, happen soon. Mm. So immediately I had to retweet with comment, you know, this is the year, <laughs> Patriots fans. It's time. Bring Seymour home where he belongs, people. He belongs in the Patriots Hall of Fame. I'm not a political guy, but I will get political for that guy. He belongs. Oh, yeah. how, can you, how can you have someone who has a legitimate chance at Canton who's not in your Hall of Fame yet? Nah, like how, goofy, gets, how goofy would that have been if he got he if he would have got into Canton this year? <laughs> he got in the National Football Hall of Fame before he did the Teams Hall of Fame. Yeah, that'd be nuts. I mean, come on, we'll be down he there belongs. if he gets in. Well, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> I've told him, like he, you know, we're not like buddy buddy, but there's sometimes like we have a little chat here. Interact yeah. with each other. He knows. Like I've told him many times, I've never been to any of the Football Hall of Fame for the Patriots. Or football, but the Patriots Hall of Fame. Yeah. I've never been to one ceremony. In his, I will be there. Oh, God, yeah. I've been to a few. They were a lot of fun. There's usually a lot of people there. I might even have a sign. You know, right. <laughs> I'm not like the sign guy. I'm not one thing. I'm some like creeper or anything. Remember I should, me. A, <laughs> I should get a sign up. I told you I'd be here for that. Right. I'm the person in your DMs. <laughs> Point me out in the crowd. Like, he's the one right here. Bring me on stage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Pinch myself and wake up now. Yeah. yeah and then the cops come out. <laughs> right. Get him. Get him. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, free you agency will be a... you, don't, you don't want to get mace. Mace sucks and you get hit. Believe me. Oh. It's not fun. <laughs> Jesus. That's a story but, for another time, though. Yeah, different podcasts. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's Who all I got. It's, it's going to be uh, fun times coming up. Free agency. They're going to tag anybody. Yeah, it's probably going to be Gostowski, if anybody. Because his right. is like right under $6 million, I think. Yeah, that's more palatable. Million. Yeah, that's more right. palatable cap-wise than mm-hmm. 15 for Brown or 18 for Flowers. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see them all back, but that's going to be tough. The, be- you know, sure. the nature of the beast for the NFL. That's it. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Um, we play for titles. What's yours, Chris? Mine's Chris underscore Blackie. 
Cool. Yeah. And uh, you can find this on patspulpit.com, iTunes, any all the major and all the other podcatchers out there. If you guys like Boston sports in general, just check out our other podcast, Boston Sports Blitz. You can find that on diehardbostonsportsfans.com. So see you next week. Thanks in advance for downloading and sharing this episode. See ya.